Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9. I'm sorry. Actually, welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, what's up? What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing quite well. Um, you know, I just realized a little bit ago while I was getting ready for this. What's that? This is our last Starbucks of the year. You're right. It is. Don't. Okay. So two straight years. <laughs> you've done that dumb, terrible joke. You're not going to do it again, are you? You are. I don't know. What you're, do I, don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll see you next year. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I guess that's true because with the holidays, I mean, Christmas and New Year's coming up and all that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christmas next Monday and then following Monday will be January 1st. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going to get up 7 a.m. on January 1st. We'll probably still have a show, but it might be later in the day. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, we might not. because but then Or again, we might not. Yeah. Two years ago, anything I remember doing an emergency podcast with Tyler to break down the Josh Bell trade. You know how Ben Charrington loves to operate. So be careful of your words, Jim. It might not be the last one of the year. We might yeah. be breaking Just, down. I don't know. <laughs> Do you see this? Nicholas. Nicholas is watching us this morning from Germany. How's it oh, going, good morning. Nicholas? Good morning, Nicholas. I don't know if it's still morning over there in Germany. It's probably. I, mean, I feel like it's probably, probably afternoon one right now. Yeah. There's a ghost behind you, by the way. I just saw that. <laughs> Your door just randomly <laughs> opens up. Um, but yeah, well, I guess, I mean, it could be, it could not be our last show of the year. But uh, with that said, it certainly is a show to talk about today. Not a whole lot. I mean, I guess I can put it this way. We've kind of talked about the news that's happened this week as it's progressed. There's there's been like quite a bit that's happened so far. Uh, I mean, we had an emergency podcast for Edward Oliveris. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is how this is how starved we are for just stuff to happen. That you know, acquiring a short side platoon, <clears throat> third or fourth outfield, you know, fourth outfielder, however you want to say it. Um, that's that's where we're at right now. That requires emergency podcasts. It does, though. It does. Yeah. Because, hey, at least he's an MLB player. Like, it's not Billy McKinney. That's true. It is a major league caliber player. So there's that. But no, for real, I mean, the thing is, th- this offseason, you know, we've been kind of pessimistic as it is. Because it's it's to us, it's kind of been like a do-or-die offseason for for Ben Charrington, you know, in this organization, because like you've built this club up to this point, and because of the rash of injuries now, like you have to, you have to really step up, you know, you have to supplement those plus all what you were missing, right? And so far, not much has happened. What's going on here, Jim? I don't know. We're just huge in Europe, Jamie. Jamie, good morning from from England. Can one of you tell us what time it is? I want to say it's one o'clock. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's Maybe the same time in England. England as it is in Germany. I bet they're in different time zones too. I say noon. Either way, but yeah, like that's why I've been. You know, like I want to say hard on this offseason, but like you've been hyper focused on it because of again, like how important it is. And so far, not a whole lot has happened, right? You made the trade with Marco Gonzalez. They did add and sign Roddy Telez for three point two million. 
And now there was a trade with the the Royals, right? And uh, like so far, again, like we talk about all those moves and like in a vacuum for what they were for, like the cost that took to acquire them, they're fine. But like, has this team truly improved since the offseason began? And that's the really question. It. So, Jim, like, where do you want to start so far with uh, the, the landscape of the Pirates offseason? Um, I think I think I want to start. Like, it's still early, right? Like, I mean, it's December eighteenth. There's still there's still really two more full months to get stuff done. Like before sure. players start reporting to spring training. So I, I want to preface it by saying that. At the same time, though, someone mentioned it um, on Twitter. I forget who it was, but it was, you know, I was complaining about the Royals signing all these people. And and they mentioned that, you know, the Pirates have some holes to fix right now. And what's crazy is that the the available market right now, like the players who make a perfect sense for the Pirates, to go out and acquire are all players that like fit those holes perfectly. <laughs> like, right. That's, that's just the frustrating part right now is that we can go out there and we can see the available players that would immediately make the pirates better. And we're seeing other teams going out and making these moves. Uh, we're seeing the Royals spending over a hundred million dollars in free agency just last week alone. Um, and the pirates, their only move has been, a first baseman who, you know, they just acquired another what if, right? We talk, we keep talking about the what ifs, right? Like Rowdy Telez right. is just, they just got another what if. What if Rowdy Telez can improve upon his 2023? And, you know, what if he can go back to his 2022 form? They acquired a what if. They're pitching, they acquired a what if, right? Like what if Marco Gonzalez is healthy and can regain his form from, from two years ago? So these are the moves that they've been making so far. And there's nothing wrong with like the Marco Gonzalez trade. I said at the time, like I, I'm good with that trade. Like I, I like Marco Gonzalez. I think he's a guy that the Pirates should be acquiring, right? But they they also need to get some more guys. Um, and and I think that's that's just the frustrating part for me is you can look at the available free agents or you can look at the guys who were signed last week and just say, man, those guys would fit perfect here, right? And we haven't seen anything yet. And I think like that's where you rationalize this and say like I can understand, right? You know, like I, we keep preferencing. Like, we have to start off every conversation with I understand it's early in the off season, but Jim, like again, like every time you see one of these guys sign, it's just not so early anymore, and that's the problem. It's not as if like granted, Nola did sign, right? Like it, it's not as if like the top tiers are falling off the board and we're going, we're crying. Oh my God, they didn't get Otani. Oh my God, they didn't get Aaron Nola. Oh my God, they didn't get Sonny Gray. Like, that's not so much the problem. We might talk, like, there's still a possibility those could have happened for the Pirates, right? But, like, that's not even what's bothering us. It's because you're seeing the Seth Lugos gone, Jack Flaherty's gone, Michael Walker's gone. You know, it's like you're saying, it's, it's all the next tier, not even the next tier, it's like the third tier, some of these guys that just keep falling off and keep falling off. And again, like, that crop's just narrowing down. Like the Pirates' options are getting smaller and smaller. And again, we're not talking about one guy they need to sign. We're not even talking about two guys that need to add, right? Like they need to probably add about three guys this offseason on top of Marco Gonzalez because Marco yeah, Gonzalez it, is a what if. 
Right, right. And 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 again, the they're not losing out on these guys to like huge big market teams either. Like right. Seth Lugo signed a three year deal with the Royals. Uh Michael Waka, two year deal with the Royals. Uh Eduardo Rodriguez, three year deal with the Diamondbacks. Like these are all teams Four. that the Pirates should four year deal with the Diamondbacks. These are all teams that the Pirates should theoretically be able to compete with when it comes to free agency. And and again, like I preface this by saying, like there's still time. Like the Pirates could go out there and get Marcus Stroman today, right? Like he's available and he's well within their price range, and he would fit a hole. And yeah, but but they haven't been tied to him in any way. They haven't. We haven't heard anything about the Pirates being rumored to any of these guys. The only thing that we heard was that Jack Flaherty rumor back in in Nashville in winter meetings. Right. And guess what, Jack Flaherty. He's gone. He signed with the Detroit Tigers, another team that the Pirates should be able to compete with, who also signed Kenta Maeda, right? So, like, that's that's just kind of where I'm at right now. It's like you've got all these teams that are in a similar situation to the Pirates, and it, they're all addressing their holes, and the Pirates are just kind of sitting there waiting right now. And going back to the Jack Thirty thing, you know, the thing that you know blew up Twitter on the, in the aspect was the verbiage of it, right? which he cleared it up for us when we talked to him in the winter meetings. It's not so much like the Pirates are like, if no one else wants you, come back to us. I'm like, although it is to a degree, but it's like, if you're at a one-year deal, let's talk. Because that's really all they want to go with. And what does Jack Flaherty do? Sign a one-year deal with the Tigers. So it wasn't as if it was like, okay, they gave him two. They, they had the parameters met. So again, obviously it was the money part. And it was one year, $14 million, I believe, top of my head, to the Tigers. Or Flaherty, yep. So, so again, they got Kenta Maeda. They got Jack Flaherty. Now, Detroit has spent. Okay, like that's that's not a question. It's not as if the, it's like oh the the poor Tigers. They have spent money. They've had a payroll of two hundred million dollars before. But this is also a very bad team. So for the for the people that are talking in both sense of well, you have to understand the Pirates don't have all this money and they got to be cheap, but also. Well, the Pirates aren't good and free agents aren't attracted to come to Pittsburgh. And they, what the hell is so attractive about Detroit? What is so attractive about Kansas City? And I'm not even talking about just the area, but I'm talking about the baseball team itself. Like, what makes Kansas City such an attractive place for a free agent to go? You know what? Oh, let me go to Kansas City. Let me, let me win some rings, baby. Like, like, what's different from Pittsburgh? There shouldn't be any reason that Pittsburgh's missing out on free agents because of Detroit. Or Kansas City, so like don't don't give me that, don't give me that. Kansas City's got pretty good barbecue, but yeah, <laughs> there's not really anything that the Royals can offer you that the Pirates can't. And that's where I'm at. Again, we're talking about a 106 loss team. That's why I keep bringing this up. This isn't a team that was just on the cusp, and it's like you know what, me Michael Walker. By me being added to the Royals, we're there. Let me let me create that missing link and take off. That's that's not what's happening. There's not one thing that the Royals can offer that the Pirates can't. They're just simply doing it. They're offering what's called money. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's it's you got to give the Royals some credit for what they've done. Um, I, I, when you've got a superstar like that and Bobby Wood Jr. and you're paying him, you know, under a million dollars a year, 
you're kind of stupid not to go for it, right? Because it's like you've, you've got this MVP caliber dude. You're not paying him anything. Like, just surround him with a little bit of talent and see what happens. And it seems like that's kind of the route that they're going to go this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so kudos to them. Uh, Royals fans desperately need a good team. I know a lot of Royals fans, they've been very down in the dumps lately. Um, you know, they did get a World Series a few years back, so they at least have that to to look back on. But, yes, yeah, they they've been really, really bad lately. Uh, and and they're doing the things they need to do this offseason to address that. So uh, in, in that American League Central, it's wide open. That's why you see Detroit making these moves, too. That's why you see Minnesota making some moves. Uh, Minnesota seems to be kind of unloading a little bit of salary right now. Right. But they're still looking to fill in some holes. Um yeah, it, it, but the NL Central is in the same boat. Like the NL Central is totally up for grabs right now, and you're seeing the Cardinals have made a bunch of moves this year. The Reds have made a bunch of moves. Cubs, Brewers, Pirates, kind of all just sort of sitting there right now. Um, which, yeah, you'd think you'd think it'd be a little bit different because all all five teams in the NL Central realistically have a shot this year. Like no one right now is a clear cut favorite, right? For sure. I want to go back to the Royals a little bit too, also, because like again, this, this is why I, I bring them up quite a bit, and it's not because you mentioned it; like they've been bad for a while. It's not because like, hey, Pirates, you need to emulate this rebuild. Like their rebuild has been terrible. We've acknowledged that before as well. Also, the Tigers, terrible, just absolutely terrible. That's what like you fear for the Pirates of going that route with this rebuild, right? Not saying they're there. I, I doubt the Pirates are anywhere near as much as we harp on the Pirates in the rebuild. I don't foresee a Kansas City type or Detroit type of rebuild happening. But regardless, the reason I bring this up is let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about the current, present, and future. You know, like what the Royals are doing right now is essentially everything that we asked that the Pirates should have been doing last year. And again, like think about this now. Think about what the Royals are doing right now. They're adding con- Seth Lugo three years, Walker two years. Like those are good players, but they're also here. For the future, what if the Pirates would have added a multi-year pitcher last year instead of Rich Hill? And again, like we didn't mind the Rich Hill. That was the bare minimum. At least they did that part. But like a couple things. For one, maybe they're not in the position they are today, right? Like maybe they're just simply not in this position they are today. Number two, with them being better this year because they have better talent because they were here from last year and this year, Maybe that is more attractive for agents. You know, like, so the Royals, like, that's what I'm getting at. The Royals are doing, they might not sit here and line up and be a playoff team this year. They're going to try. They're going to attempt it. But you know what? That puts them in a much better position next year. Well, that AL Central is still very weak. And, like, that's that's what the frustrating part is. When you look at other organizations and they see basically what you've been saying, seeing and saying, like, that's a weak division. They're not there yet. Invest a little bit. Put yourself there. Find out. But if not, you're still set up for the future. The Pirates could have been in a much better situation this year had they done something like that last year. Well, I mean, just look at the pitching rotation, right? If you you would have signed a couple of pitchers to a multi-year deal, you wouldn't have to go out there and get so many guys. Um, no, I, I actually, I mean, I think it was Ethan Fisher who outlined it. It was either yesterday or Saturday on Twitter. Saturday. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, look at it. But Pretty you know, he went stuff. through and... You know, the the Pirates haven't signed a multi-year free agent since Ivan Nova. Yeah, 2016. 2016. That's 
That's a long time ago. It's almost like 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 I just mentioned at the beginning of the show. Like it's almost 2024. It's almost eight years ago when this when this happened. Um, is the last time the Pirates just committed dollars to somebody who wasn't already in the organization. They committed dollars to them past one year. Um, and I'm not going to say that like you can't make stuff happen with one year deals, like because you can, right? You just got to be super savvy and smart and have really a good core around those guys. But I mean, you look at how the Pirates have performed since 2016. They haven't brought in any multi-year deals. You know why like, like players sign one-year deals? It's because they're not that good. Right. If you're good, you sign a multi-year deal. So when the Pirates are going out there and signing these one-year deals, one-year deals, one-year deals, there's always going to be something wrong with that player. No just good player signs a one-year deal. Like It doesn't happen. Good players sign multi-year deals. So when all you're doing is stacking up these one-year deals on guys, you're, you're signing flawed players, and we've seen the results of that over the last six, seven years. And, and you know what? Just, just kind of take what you're saying, too, because you're absolutely correct. But it's also not for the... Like, there are some times you feel like, I'm getting a good player in a one-year deal. And that's someone who maybe come off like is coming off an injury or down here, wants to reestablish himself to capitalize on that major contract coming up. And like it's not even those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not trying to go with like I'm not trying to harp on them, but like a Cody Bellinger would be like a perfect example. Not that like I was on board, they had to get Cody Bellinger last year, but like that type of a player, that type where it's like, you know what, I feel like we can get some value out of here. Let's give you a one-year deal because we know it's going to be one and done. Go make your bread. Like, go get your contract. Pay, play for us. Reestablish your value and take off. It's not even those guys. It's the guys that that just aren't good. I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how to. No, play. Just not you know, good. like yeah. just, just. Yeah. I guess the closest to that might have been like Tyler Anderson because it was just like you're coming from Colorado. We see the underlining numbers. Like you're probably a good pitcher. Let's get you on this one-year deal, and you can do something with it. And he did. That's probably the closest to that type of player. Yeah, and Quintana was kind of a similar situation. I mean, Quintana was coming off, but he's been bad, bad for a while. Year. Like he was, he had been bad. Um, but I mean, you go back to Bellinger, and and this is kind of just going on a different tangent. And it's like what I mentioned before, where there's so many guys out there that just they would fit perfectly on this team, right? And like I'm not saying the Pirates need to go out there and acquire Cody Bellinger, but the fact that they're probably not even trying is a problem because Cody Bellinger is someone that every single major league team should be able to afford. He's probably going to make 20, 21, 22, $23 million a year. He's going to sign a decent length contract. Like he's probably going to sign like a 10-year deal. Mm-hmm. Like He's going to sign something over $200 million. But like, he fits perfect on this team. He He... He can he can play first base. He can play center field. Two positions that you could like you you could desperately use some help at um, lefty bat. So he could you know hit some hit a bunch of homers at that ball. Like he's a perfect fit. And I keep seeing and like I'm not going to call anybody out, but like um, you know there, there's there's people who say that like Cody Bellinger is just like that he shouldn't even be a target. Like why are we even talking about Cody Bellinger? 
the Pirates payroll right now is sitting at about $55 million. You add Cody Bellinger, say you, you overpay and you pay him $25 million a year, you're still at $80 million of payroll. Like, and that's now. Like, obviously, payroll is going to increase over time, but guess what? Revenues increase over time too. Like, you got to, you can't just never even put yourself in a position to sign one of these like marquee free agents because they're available. This guy's a perfect fit for you. And it, it's frustrating because I know that Cody Bellinger isn't on the Pirates radar whatsoever, but like he should be. And if you think that paying Cody Bellinger $25 million when he's 37 years old is like so terrible that like it's going to fold the franchise because of how bad of a deal <laughs> it's going to be. Right. Like it's just, you're, you're it's not correct. The, the Reds, like I just kind of go back to the Reds here. The Reds paid 37, 38, 39-year-old Joey Votto $25 million a year. And guess what? They had winning seasons. And three out of the last four years, they were paying Joey Votto $100 million to be 36 or older. Like, right. That's, right. that's what they did. So, like, don't tell me that these these contracts when dudes are 37, 38, like, don't tell me that, like, they're franchise-crippling type deals because they're not. Like, they're just not. You're correct. I just want to point out something, too. Like, going on that route, something that we miss, right? <clears throat> and it's it's kind of like to the Kansas City Royals aspect of things, again, to kind of tie us in, but I'm going to bring up another team and player. But the Pirates are still in the stage where they have to overpay for free agents to come, right? And Okay, well, you did that to yourself, right? Again, it's another self-inflicted wound. You did this to yourself. You put yourself in this position. But when is it going to be time to invest in that team? Like sometimes, maybe you just have to overpay to do what you need to do. And, and I referenced this before: the Jason Worth contract. Like there was a time where no one wanted to go to the Nationals either. Nobody wanted to go there. It was a terrible organization, right? They were awful. And then Jason Worth signed a deal and everyone made fun of it because, oh my God, I can't believe the Nationals overpaid for this player. Well, what happened? The culture changed. He was productive. He got a value. The culture changed. And look what they did. Now, I get it too. Like they had some good draft picks to help, right? But things changed. That's what they had to do. They knew what they needed to do. They wanted that player. That's who we focused on. Get him in. What's it cost? Let's also think about this aspect. That was $126. I'm sorry, $126 million. Does anyone flinch at $126 million right now? Like that was the contract that, oh my God. So again, talking about the value of money in the future too, like this $200 million contract we're talking about in 10 years, are we going to look at like Jason Worth? Like it was, I mean, it was only $126 million, right? It was only $200 million. Like that's what yeah. they're crying over. So again, like I understand part of that, but like you're talking about revenues going up, like yeah, like who, look how much has gone up every year right now. Uh, I, I mean, are we even talking about the Pirates in ten years? Like they they're still at they're the only team that hasn't hit, hasn't hit two hundred million dollars in their payroll. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that's something to think about. Also, I understand like right now looking at two hundred million dollars is, is like wow, but in ten years from now, it's it's just two hundred million dollars. And to your point. They absolutely could because now their payroll is at 80 this year. Yeah, I said it's it's just frustrating. Um, and we've got a comment here on Twitter. It says, you know, Pirates put an internal value <clears throat> on and a I player agree. and will not budge from that number. And and I agree with that. Like there's got to be something out there because this isn't just like a one front office 
deal. Like this has been over multiple front offices going back to really like, let's talk about before, before Huntington, like Dave Littlefield days. The fact that the pirates haven't given a free agent over $13 million ever, ever. Like this is 2023. That's like a, that's like the average salary in Major League Baseball, and the Pirates just have like never done it, right? <laughs> like so, I, I agree. There's probably some sort of internal figure. I don't know if Bob Nutting is straight up like you can't pay somebody more than 15 million dollars a year, or or you can't you can't commit more than 40 million dollars to anybody because they've also never done that before. They've never committed. They've never committed $40 million total to a free agent ever. The Reds just did that to Seth Lugo. The Diamondbacks just did that to Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Like, so these are, these are just average contracts in Major League Baseball that the Pirates have never done in their existence. The closest they got to it was, again, what you're mentioning, Liriano, three years, 39. There's a guy they're already familiar with. That was the cost. And, and they they brought him back to much surprise. And again, as we're talking about, a three-year, $39 million contract made Pirates go, oh my, they did it. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that was nine years ago. Right. And then three-year was a 27 for Nova. And it was like, oh, they did it again. <laughs> That was it. That was it. Yeah. Last time. Last time a multi-year deal was given out. And again, $27 million we're talking about. Yeah, it's just it's just frustrating because like there's so, like I said, going back to the beginning here, there's just so many guys. You look at this board and it just fits up perfectly for the Pirates. Like there are two, like go like there are two starting pitchers here. There are three starting pitchers here that that you could have just went out and gotten. There is a I mean, depending on which route you want to go, now that you've got Olivares, um, like I said, you've got a couple options. You can you can go out there and find an everyday center fielder, and then you can platoon Olivares and Swinski in right field. You can go out there and just say, hey, Swinski's my everyday center fielder, and then find a lefty bat to platoon with Olivares in right. Like there there are options there to do. And, and you know, like it, you know, we were talking in the group chat last night, like Jock Peterson. A Jock Peterson, Edward Olivares right field platoon right now looks real nice. Mm-hmm. Looks real nice. Like those are two guys, ton of power. They they Olivares mashes lefties. Jock Peterson mashes righties. They would fit perfect in PNC Park together. Like that's that's thirty homers right there out of your right field spot, right? And Jock Peterson's going to cost you what um, nine million dollars a year. Probably got to give him two years though, you know. And, and- so. That's like again, like the crazy thing. We're talking about the pirates giving out nine million dollars for a platoon guy. It just seems absurd. I mean, you're correct. You're correct. But like that's where we're at. Nine million dollars just seems absurd to bring that type of player in. Even though when you total it and you're looking at like a, a basically a ten million dollar player by putting the two together, and you're probably getting an over two war player. That's value. If you're talking about dollars, I mean, about eight million per per war. Still, like that hasn't really budged over the past decade for some reason. Um, that's you're you're getting value. You're getting your money back by doing that, and that just seems as if they're still like, no, we have to be even. We got to get more value. That's not enough. 
<laughs> yeah. And I just, I'm with you. I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about something more positive. How about uh, uh, good? Yeah. How about um? So over the weekend, Friday, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette said that uh, Pirates McCutcheon were very close to signing a deal. He expects something at the beginning of this week. Yesterday, Bob Nightingale of USA Today, who you know, you gotta take everything Bob Nightingale says with a grain of salt. But I will say this: like he's kind of redeemed himself the past couple of weeks, especially with Ot- this Otani stuff, right? True. Um, he also reports McCutcheon uh, deal is imminent um, by the beginning of the week, um, somewhere in the range of five million dollars a year for a one-year contract. So um, it is Monday morning at seven thirty-six a.m. right now. No Andrew McCutcheon announcement has happened as of yet, but it does look like, um, you know, within the matter of maybe hours, maybe days, but Andrew McCutcheon sounds like he'll be a Pittsburgh pirate by, by Christmas at the latest. Yeah. So good news. I think it's what we all anticipated. Now what's funny is we talked how the signing, maybe they're just holding it up because I mean, there's a 40 man crunch. We know that, right? So maybe it's just like, there's a handshake agreement. Once they figure all that out, they'll make this this move happen. And they decide to pretty much announce, well, I shouldn't say announce, but the report came out right after the tray was made to make the roster at 40. <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna have someone's gonna have to go uh to bring on Andrew at this point in time, which makes this kind of funny and ironic. But yeah, I mean it's good news. It's 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 confirmation of what we expected to happen is absolutely going to happen. Uh, and that's Andrew McCutcheon will be a pirate for 2024, which means two things, right? It means that he's a pirate again. That's cool. That's awesome to see. But also, as he probably should be as well, but like the health is probably behind him, you would anticipate. So there's a healthy Andrew McCutcheon coming. Yeah, that's 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 really good. Um, you know, you still anticipate him him being primarily a designated hitter, but it would also be be pretty cool if he can play once or twice a week in right field. I don't think you can bank on it right now, but it would definitely add some some flexibility to this roster uh, if he's able to do it. But but yeah, huge news. Um, Andrew McCutcheon going to be back in the black and gold at PNC Park for another year. Let's run it back. Let's get home run number 300. Let's have that moment. Let's get it out of the way early. Um, I mean, I think everybody here knows my my feelings on Andrew McCutcheon. He's my favorite baseball player of all time. I love the dude. So just being able to watch another year of him in Pittsburgh makes me happy. Uh, it would just not feel right if he finished his career any other spot. So um, kudos to both parties for getting you know the easiest possible thing done here. Um, like I said, not official yet, but looks like it is pretty imminent. But yeah, you mentioned the 40-man roster crunch. It, has, it is at 40 men right now, so someone's got to go. There's 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 quite a few options there too, especially with acquiring another outfielder like Oliveris. Like maybe, you know, maybe you've got Kanan Smith and Jigbuzz kind of on the chopping block now, and so that's that's an option. But yeah, we'll see we'll see what they do. Um, this move also will be done by Pirates Fest, so I think we all kind of figured that it would be. They had to. You know, you can't go into Pirates Fest and have this big huge celebration and. Um, get all your fans together and like not do anything. So the, Andrew McCutcheon being there at Pirates Fest is a is a it's a rare PR win for the Pirates. Yep, 
Um, yeah, I guess I don't have too much to add to that. Now, of course, we'll have our emergency podcast when it happens to talk further, I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully that's at an ideal time. But yeah. yeah, again, you know, this is something that you anticipated happen. I mean, as as far as the fact that Ethan has had Andrew McCutcheon on his spreadsheet his entire time up until like a week ago, he finally had him fall off. That's how sure you pretty much knew this happened. And Ethan pretty much nailed the money. He said, you know, he had him up there for five million. Sounds like it's gonna be five million again. So uh so there's that. Now what I'll yeah. say this too is I mean, we'd have a question here about the CSN on the chopping block. I'm with you. That it sounds like you're, you're probably I mean, again probably looking at the outfield, but that also doesn't mean like a trade's maybe not also imminent. Like that could happen. Yeah, it, yeah it they could, could definitely. They I would definitely welcome trade. a trade, hopefully with some starting pitchers being coming back. But uh, maybe they're on the verge. Also, again, like the timing, maybe they're on the verge of a trade. I'm just trying to be optimistic in this. <laughs> yeah, I'd say if there's a trade, like the one spot that you have to trade from. Is like that second base spot. I mean, you've got you you realistically you've got Triolo, Piguero, Gonzalez, Bay, Chang, who are all really they're just second basemen. Triolo, obviously, utility can he can play everywhere, but but you've got a lot of guys there who kind of can all do the same thing. Right. I mean, obviously different skill sets, but like they're how many of these guys do you really need, right? It's not like you're removing uh, so, one off to play out. Yeah, so I, I could see maybe a trade happening with one of those guys because there's a bunch of them and you really don't need you don't need Triolo, Pagero, Gonzalez, Chang, and Bay. Right. I'm with you. Something tells me they're not shopping Pagero. Throw Lika Williams in there too. Don't you don't really need him okay. either. I just want to say though, something tells me they're not really shopping Figaro with all like the marketing they've done around. Like I feel like he's been like the yeah. only player highlighted this offseason. Like every week the Pirates have something out with with the over Pagaro. Yeah, they are hyping Pagaro up quite a bit. That's right. for sure. Yeah. So uh probably not him. At any rate, though, yeah, Kutch being back. We're we're starting to get some news, right? We're starting to make some moves. And again, big picture, not a big fan of them individually. They're fine, but uh, with Kutch coming back, still a lot of work, still a ton of work. I mean, this rotation is still a mystery. So hopefully things start yeah. to form. We can talk much, much better news, much more positive news, much more direction on this team. But as of right now, it just feels, again, it feels like it's in a worse position today than it was October 1st. It does. I mean, you, you look at it and you think you basically since the, since the end of the year, you traded Johan Oviedo and Andy Rodriguez for Marco Gonzalez, Ali Sanchez, and Rowdy Tellez. Right. If that trade was done, like if the Pirates made that trade, we wouldn't be very happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to refrain from talking more about Neil's coming here. Rostering three D, rostering three DHs at once is a choice. I get that. I, I'm stopping. I didn't talk more when you kind of brought it up, but like, I'm interested. It's not done yet, but I'm very interested on in these moves too because you knew Kutch was coming back. So again, like with Rowdy, with Con, like what they're doing in these players that have added so far, just seems like this. 
huge, massive roster crunch at like right field, first base DH, like how they're going to utilize those players. And you're talking about if you add up Jock Peterson, that adds like another person to that whole mixture. So it is kind of odd so far, but again, I'm letting it kind of play out. But I'm I'm kind of with Neil also. Like some of these moves don't make sense big picture either to a degree. Yeah, I mean, and like the Rowdy Telez signing, I I still don't. I wouldn't have gone that route. Like I would have gone someone who like you could really rely on to play first base. And and that's not really who he is. Like you'd, you'd prefer him at DH if he's hitting, right? Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't personally a fan of that signing just because again it's another what if thing too. Like it's a big what if. Like if what if 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 he can regain twenty twenty two form, and you and you platoon him with Connor Joe at first base, then for three million dollars, hell yeah, right? Right. Uh, and for three million dollars, like if he doesn't do that, then you know whatever you cut late, you cut bait with him. But um, I just I you would have liked to have seen a more sure thing, especially defensively. Yep. So, anyway, does that pretty much wrap up what we want to talk about this morning? I think so. Cool. So, with that said, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We got a special guest lined up, and we can mention it. It's on our graphic at the end. We didn't really say it too much, but we'll be on with Dan Zaborski talking about zips. The zips projections did come out on Friday for the Pirates, so we'll do as we do every year. We'll have Dan on. We'll talk zips. We'll talk Pirates. We'll talk more about how O'Neill Cruz is a Hall of Fame player. Hopefully, still. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to that. So the zips projections came out on uh, Thursday or Friday. Um, Always a good talk with Dan, talking his projections and how he kind of how how his system gets those, and we'll always have him like switch some things up and like see what happens. And yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun show, right? So there's that. Then of course we're back with NS9 Live probably sometime this week on Wednesday. Well, on Wednesday, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you got some more cardboard coming out. I'm not gonna, I'll tease it. You have a really good cardboard coming out soon. Yeah, opened up, uh, opened up a opened uh, up a yeah. We've got we've got winter meetings, NS9 cardboard. We got and then there's three others in the queue. We're just waiting for Cody to edit. So, so there's that. So chop chop, Cody. Let's go. A lot of content last week. We'll have a lot of content this week as well. So we'll see you guys later. Appreciate you all for watching. Bye bye. We'll see you next year, guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.